Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are ya? How was your Thanksgiving, foodies, huh? What was your favorite dish this year? A little interesting aspect of my Thanksgiving this year. So, um, I didn't... (laughs) I kept information from you guys. I dis I disclosed information. Is that right? I don't know. Well, in I I guess I could have said it for the last episode, but um, my Thanksgiving I spent just with Danielle because we found out that uh, we were in contact with someone that works with someone who is COVID-19 positive. Now, to some people, they might shrug that off and they'll just live their lives. Both of us between, you know, I was going to go see my parents. She was going to go see her parents and her grandparents. Uh, My grandmother and aunt made the decision not to go over to my parents. So, you know, they, I mean, before I even knew this, uh, my my mother was heartbroken. <laughs> she is always a warrior, and uh, it's you know, I'm her son, and I'm also an asthmatic. But uh, as of right now, uh, Danielle's gotten two tests back negative. I got a test the other day. Should have the results by the end of this week, but I'm feeling fine, and so I'm thankful in that department. But it was an interesting Thanksgiving. First one. I've never spent with my family, did a nice little Zoom or uh, whatever Facebook video chat thing, did that with my parents, my sister, brother-in-law, my niece. So that was nice, but it, w- it was weird. But we um, we made the best of it. We ended up getting to spend it together, you know, because like I said, she was going to do it with her family. I was going to uh, do it with my family. So that was nice. And we ordered from a local favorite spot of ours, Harry's Daughter right here in Jersey city. And they, boy, that, you know, really helped make it feel like Thanksgiving, a tremendous plate of food, really. I mean, great deal, but the food even better than the deal was just that how good the food was Uh Turkey roulade with uh you know, stuffing Irish stuffing inside. There are some glazed carrots, uh, what a uh, garlic mashed potatoes. And then we got their, um, Oh, like their punch from there, their rum punch, which is always incredibly strong but delicious. I ended up having it the next day because we had a nice bottle of sparkling rosé from Las Haras. You guys remember when I had Joel Burt on, so I had a nice bottle of that. And then we had, uh, we picked up two slices of pie from Coco Bakery right here in Jersey City. So it was a very Jersey City meets... Uh, West Coast of California Thanksgiving. Uh, we got a sweet slice of sweet potato pie with like, mar- how do you say that? Marscapone? You know, the, the looks like marshmallows on top. And uh, and then a slice of chocolate peanut butter pie. And whoo, 
boy, those pies, that was delicious. So between Harry's daughter and Coco Bakery really made it feel like a, uh, as normal of a Thanksgiving as one could have during this, uh, this time we're living in. So, I mean, Hey, um, uh, we got to spend it together. We ate delicious food. We still talked to both of our families that day. Uh, we're both uh, healthy. Did I say that yet? And, and just my my heart and my thoughts go out there to all the families this year that couldn't spend it together, and obvious and those remembering uh, family members that have passed away during this time. Uh, you know, I know that's always difficult around the holidays. You think about people and uh, you just got to try to remember all the good times. And so I'm thankful for all the past Thanksgivings I've had. And this one was really special. It's definitely a memorable one. So moving on from that, today I continue with, and I, I, I might have, did I say it on the, boy, guys, maybe uh, is a side effect of being exposed to uh, uh, possibly COVID for your memory because mine is going but uh last week i had brian rodriguez you know my dear friend host of high school slumber party on to talk hannah and her sisters i love talking that one with him hope you guys watch the movie listen to that episode and uh and this week i have his cousin michael Tavares. you're gonna hear all about it but i've gotten to spend some time with michael in Dallas, where he lives now, in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, in, boy, you know what, uh, when we recorded this episode, we, we didn't even talk about, I didn't bring up Charleston, uh, we spent some time in Charleston, that was the same trip as uh, Asheville, but I know he tried some new food there for the first time, maybe I'll have to have him back on and we'll talk about that, but uh, he's a really great guy, started this great company, Picadera, Latin street food. And you're going to get to hear all about it. So without further ado, here I go talking with Michael Conrad Tavares. Michael Conrad, what's happening, man? Same old man, just down here in Dallas. <laughs> Welcome to Foodie Films. How you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. So for the foodies out there, why don't you go ahead and tell them who you are and what you're doing in in the world of food and all that good stuff. Yes. So. Uh... I'm Michael Tavares, uh, originally from New York, been down in uh, Dallas, Texas for about four years now, a little more than four years. Uh, We are out here uh, starting, well, we just started a Dominican street food pop-up, the only Dominican street food out here in Dallas, Texas, uh, during this wonderful pandemic that's going on uh, (laughs) around in April. So yeah, I mean, just a little brief introduction there. So I'm sure, I mean, I usually record a cold open after I record the episode and I'm sure I will have mentioned uh, that I met you because of Brian Rodriguez, one of my oldest friends. You are his cousin. And I feel like we, we've talked about this, but I I feel like we met once maybe in the city when you were, you know, DJing in Manhattan, but uh, we, we first really bonded on a trip that uh me brian and our buddy dan did in dallas we did two nights in dallas and then we we moved on to austin for dan's like official bachelor party but um i just want to go out there and say that you're an amazing host so thank you for that (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) you showed us a good time in dallas uh, I'm just going to jump all around in the timeline of w- what you've been doing with your life, but why, you, you know, you're living up in, you know, in New York, w- what made you move to Dallas? Well, I mean, it all started, uh, with a leadership retreat in Atlantic city, New Jersey, uh, where all great things start. In Atlantic of course. City. <laughs> yeah. At, and, and that's where I also met Jen. My oh, okay. Father. There you go. So, truly, in your case, <laughs> great things started in AC. Yep. So uh, in AC, uh, we are at a leadership retreat for uh, the current business I was doing at that time, which was uh, solar solar sales. Um, at that point, I was a district manager um, on Long Island. So we were in Atlantic City. We had a leadership retreat, and they were just mentioning on how 
they're opening up new markets and Dallas just happened to be one of them. And uh, I, for some reason, immediately hopped up and said, I'll take it. Uh, never been to Texas, never been to Dallas, didn't know what I was getting myself into. And within like, I would say maybe 21 days from that moment, um, I was in Dallas already and left everything that I knew. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. So, so yeah, so it was uh, for, for that solar business. But uh, it went from me becoming a district manager to a partner, so an owner of a contract out here where I would actually own the contract for solar in the state of Texas. Had you ever done anything like that before? Just like picked up and went off somewhere, or is this something? Was that something new for you at the time? I mean, what was your what what was going through your mind? Not really picked up and left, you know, that drastically, like in such a short period of time, or obviously fifteen hundred plus miles away, but. uh at one point, uh, I was living at my parents' house and then I was, you know, we got into a stupid argument and I think it was just a last straw for me. Uh-huh. And I ended up moving to Manhattan from Long Island and did that for about a year and a half, which is uh, then, you know, within the, that those years is when I met Jen as well. Gotcha. But not as drastic, right, as moving to Texas <laughs> from New York. Had you been to Texas or specifically Dallas before? Uh- not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, literally within those 21 days, we were just trying to figure out where we were going to live. We picked everything online. We never saw our apartment, you know, anything, neighborhoods. We had no idea where we were moving, what Dallas was like. Uh, you know, it was literally just a random thing, but it worked out, you know, yeah. better. Yeah, uh, it definitely. It seems like it has for you. Um I mean, what was you? You moved down there. What's what's your first impression? And I mean, are you are you diving right into you? Were you like into barbecue? Did you know anything about that? Not that that's all that Dallas has to offer, but just you know, as far as the food and drink life down there, the food out here is great, man. I mean, yeah, I started diving into it right away, and actually, my first taste of like some really good barbecue was on the way down because I drove down from New York. Oh, that's uh, cool. Where'd you stop along the way? We first we stopped in Roanoke in uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all right. But then we went to Nashville, and from Nashville we went to Memphis, and in Memphis we stopped at supposedly the best uh, barbecue place out there. I forgot the name, but that was really good. And I was like, "Damn, I can't <laughs> wait to move to Dallas and try it out there." And obviously, we tried the you know the top spots out here, and it would literally blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, barbecue is just different all over our country and the world, obviously. But I mean, Dallas barbecue, uh, I'm sure I've shared this story, so I'll keep it short. But like, I, uh, my first time in Dallas was, well, I think maybe two years before I I came down uh, and, you know, and met you and we we hung out and everything. But, um, I didn't want to like Dallas because I'm a Giants fan, so I wanted to come down here and, and hate it. And I even when I did a cross country road trip, and I was, you know, on Facebook, I was like, "Where should I?" You know, just sending it out to you know whoever would answer me, like, "Where should I stop along the way?" And you know, in Texas, people are like, "Austin, Austin's a great time. It's a party city." And I'm like, "Oh, what about Dallas?" And people are like, "Oh, it's very businessy." And I mean, Grant, I mean, this was in 2015. I don't know. Obviously, a lot of places have changed in five years, but I have to imagine it was obviously still like good places to go there five years ago. But I mean, when I when I went down there for the the Giants game, I mean, it was great because the Giants won. But then I was blown away by the food and the breweries and then forget about it when me, Brian and Dan, you know, hung out with you for those. That was like I don't know. I was going to say 48 hours. It was like 36 hours. And it was just I don't think Dan remembers it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't. <laughs> but I mean, just the food and the drink scene, the brewery scene there is amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. The brewery scene's amazing. And you know, I, I'm, I'm big on breweries and I love it. And I mean, on my Google maps, I literally have them all pinned and just the ones that I know about and that have been to, and that I still want to go to and have saved on my Google maps. I have, over 60 breweries, um, you know, within the city and about a 15, 20 mile radius. That's crazy. It's just, you know, uh, DFW is a very spread out area. Yeah. So yeah. They're, they're not all confined in the same area. So, you know, I guess maybe that's one of the things that doesn't put us on the map for breweries, um, maybe. But, you know, they are all over the place. 
Yeah. No, it's 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 crazy. And as uh and as we also then went to Asheville together for Brian's bachelor party and that is considered a beer mecca you know just all the breweries and just i mean and those you really can just walk from one to the next uh versus in dallas i mean those <laughs> scooters so you guys still have those, those scooters down there they, they they just took them off the streets i'm a little mad about that you know people <laughs> people ruin nice things people are chucking them you know in the in the lakes and the ponds and oh that sucks and yeah. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people not wearing helmets on uh, when they're riding them, you know, a lot of accidents and things. So, I mean, the city said that uh, they weren't technically taking them away permanently, but they were looking for a safer way for them to be in our city. So. Yeah, like implement yeah, how they're used. Yeah, 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 we weren't exactly the safest when using them. I mean, we weren't just I don't think, disrespectful with them. We weren't wearing helmets and we were going from brewery to brewery and Brian Brian always likes to uh, share just the little anecdote of pretty much how we were, I forget what brewery we were at. And he was just like, or maybe you said, okay, let's go to this one. And we'll, you know, we'll get an Uber. And I was like, oh, we can't ride the scooters there. And Brian's like, you never say something like that around my cousin. Cause he'll (laughs) just be game for whatever, it is. And you're, and you were just like, Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do it. And there was like, you know, I don't think it was the craziest scooter. It was a while, maybe like a half hour scooter ride, but it was long and definitely <laughs> adventurous. I mean, didn't Dan end up in the mud? Yeah. Dan was trying to rehash his youthful skateboarding days and like his youth, youthful skateboarding days, he uh, slipped and crashed and all that but didn't hurt himself uh that much yeah. but got his pants all <laughs> dirty and then what was that awesome we went to that awesome outdoor bar um you know had like pickup truck in the back very you know yes that is the uh the truck yard so the, they there we go <laughs> yeah they, they've got a bunch of uh you know old truck parts and you know, pickup truck beds that are actually you know where the tables are they've yeah. got a tree house and then you know speaking of food you know their their concept is bringing in different food trucks every day. So they have at least two or three food trucks that come in every day and it's always something different. So it's pretty cool. And weren't they carrying, they got that beer that you were telling Brian and I about the, uh, is that the County fair? Wasn't there some kind, some kind of drink the, from a beer from the state fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's usually two of them. Um, one of them is, uh, from community, uh, the community brewery, and that was a funnel cake ale. That's the one I'm thinking about. Yeah, that thing is good. And then they so have good. another one, um, the corn dog ale. <laughs> yeah, oh so those are like the two the two beers that are definitely different every year. Everyone waits for you know when the state fair comes around. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, well, kind of go go now going back in time. I mean, growing up. Who was cooking? What were you eating? Were you were you interested in cooking when you were younger? Were you assisting in the kitchen? Um, I mean, I just grew up, you know, I guess like most Dominicans, right? Uh, with their mom and grandmothers, you know, cooking delicious Dominican meals, you know, the <laughs> rice, the beans, the chicken, you know, obviously, uh, you know, the breakfast, the mangu, salami, the fried cheese, the queso frito. I mean, I could go on and on. So Tostones, good. Yeah. You know, maduros. So, yeah. I mean, I was just so used to to that, you know, took it for granted. Um, and then when I moved to Dallas, noticed that none of that was here. You know, I was like, what is going on? But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I don't think I was into cooking at all. Um, but, you know, it's something that I had to learn. Uh, once I moved here, because if I wanted to eat any of that, you know, I had to call my mom all the time and be like, how'd you make that? How do you make this? I miss that, you know, and that's pretty much, yeah, you know, where it all started, where I wanted to teach myself on how to cook. And that's also why I also hashtag myself as hashtag. I am not a chef because I will still claim that I am not a chef, but you know, I do have that <laughs> passion of bringing that Dominican food here to Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, when I saw you using that hashtag, I feel like I texted you or, you know, messaged you right away. And I'm like, that is a great hashtag. Cause that is just for a, a world of, you know, people like, I mean, you're even above me cause you're actually out there cooking, uh, you know, but for people like me that are into food and maybe, you know, recreating some dishes and stuff like that, that hashtag just, I feel like sums it up perfectly because, 
okay, sure, you don't have the classical training, but you're out there and you're making this food and it's food that is important to you. And I mean, were these dishes like growing up, like did your grandmother, you know, mom, like write down recipes or are they just one of those? Like I know my grandma is just like, I don't know. You just add a little bit, you know, you, you know, there's no exact measurements ever. So, um, not really. Cause like what my mom and grandmother used to cook is more your traditional sit down Dominican food, mm-hmm. right? Like your rice and beans, like I mentioned before. Um, but you know what, after I started asking my mom for those recipes, that's when I started learning how to cook. And then that's where my passion came into. Like, I need to do something about bringing Dominican food out here. Yeah. But how do I make it cool? How do I make it attractive? Um, and that's when I started remembering when I used to go to Dominican Republic or the food trucks in New York, uh, the street foods that I like to eat. Yeah. So, you know, I started mixing, you know, the flavors and spices that I know that we use in Dominican food into the street food that I liked. So that's why I stuck to creating this as a street food restaurant, a Dominican street food pop-up versus your traditional, you know, sit down, I need a fork and a knife kind of meal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's the great thing about, I mean, so many cultures, places that I've traveled to, the street food is what I enjoy the most because it just seems to be authentic and what, the people of the country actually eat because it's easy. It's on the go. It's what they're having as a quick bite to eat on the way to work or at lunch or whatever. And so, I mean, like there's, I mean, some countries out there that I've absolutely loved, like in Thailand, their street food game is amazing. Um, in uh, Denmark, they had a huge pop-up like facility. That's all easy dishes and everything like that i mean what's it what's it like in the in the dr like what has your food experience has been like there yeah man i mean street food's huge out there and and the thing is uh you know i'm from santiago in dominican republic which is the city and it's funny because that's where i spent uh, most of my time Mm -hmm. you know um and the street food i realized that once i started this pop-up that the street food in santiago some of the stuff doesn't uh, get to the other parts of Dominican Republic, like, you know, the capital, Santo Domingo. Um, you know, I, I, I had this sandwich, the, the Ricky Taki, and I bought it out here and I thought everybody knew about it. And I had, you know, the Dominicans showed up, but they didn't, uh, <laughs> uh, the ones from Santo Domingo were like, I've never had this before, but it looks so good. I'm like, you never had this You're Dominican. They're like, yeah, we don't have this in Santo Domingo. I was like, oh, maybe it's a Santiago thing. And I did a little more research and it's definitely a Santiago thing, but I, I was just so used to, you know, that sandwich. So, yeah, that, um, yeah. yeah. So what I learned is that there's in different parts of Dominican Republic, there are different street foods. Um, um, and, you know, I'm trying to bring that little piece of each part of Dominican Republic little by little by representing different types of street food from different parts of the country. And even so in New York, there are some street foods that, from Dominicans um, that aren't necessarily you know, in Dominican Republic, you know, and I've learned that as well. Oh yeah. I mean, it just becomes such a fusion of, I mean, just, I mean, any culture you look at uh, Italian food, like, you know, from Italy versus then Italian American and just how it changes. And so I'm sure the same goes for Dominican food as well. And like you're saying, the discovering the regional cuisine, that's, that's kind of cool. And I mean, must, you know, sounds like it was unexpected for you. So just even through this food journey, discovering more about, you know, your heritage and the country where your family comes from. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you know, learning an ongoing learning experience. And, you know, (laughs) it's fun. It's fun. It's definitely cool. So, I mean, this all started, like you said, you got down to Dallas and did you just kind of go looking for Dominican food and you're like, oh, there's just none down here whatsoever yeah i mean you know i didn't think uh twice about it you know when i moved here i just never imagined that there wouldn't be dominican food because i was just so used to it right you walk down the block in 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 new york city and you can find (laughs) bodegas with dominican food like nothing and you know restaurants and you know all the products that you need at supermarkets um but you know when i started looking i was like there's no way like there's literally none like and i kept searching and searching and there's none did you look up to see like what is the closest Dominican restaurant to Dallas? Like, is it is there one in Austin? Like, is there one in 
I don't know, even all the way in Louisiana or something? Like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, I think Houston is predominantly, uh, okay, yeah, uh, uh, you know, has more Dominican culture than we do, and even they don't have as much. Um, I know there's probably like two or three Dominican restaurants that I know of that I found in Houston. Um, I think I found one in Austin, and then there's one like in between Dallas and Austin, but closer to Austin in this area called Colleen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, here in DFW, uh, there's another restaurant uh, called Miriam's Cocina Latina. Uh-huh. And um, she introduced some Dominican uh, style dishes, but with like a Mexican flair. So uh, a lot of people don't, I don't know. I mean, probably don't view it as a Dominican restaurant because it's got a lot of Mexican uh, Dominican fusion to it. Gotcha. But she, yeah. she didn't, uh, she just started not too long ago too. And you know, she's got a beautiful location by uh, Clyde Warren park over there. But um, besides that, you know, I think um, street food wise, that's why I'm sticking to it. I'm, I'm the only one doing street food out here for Dominican. That's pretty awesome. Representing, you know, bringing it. I I see, you know, via your Instagram and everything like that, when people are tagging themselves and showing that they, you know, did a a significant drive to get there because just like you, that they were, they're craving for this cuisine as well. Yeah. I mean, we hear it at every event, you know, I I drove 45 minutes, I drove 30 minutes. Uh, We've had people drive from, uh, from Houston several times just to try the food and, wow. You know, it's 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 pretty crazy. And that's like a solid what four, four hours. Four hours. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. When on my on my road trip, we only passed by Houston, and uh, I thought it was around that time. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like like you're saying, there there is other Latino food in Dallas, but it definitely goes much more towards the Mexican fare because I mean, just being that close to Mexico itself. And then Tex-Mex is just a cuisine and a total fusion of food right there. When we, <laughs> when you picked us up from the airport and you're like, we're getting gas station tacos. <laughs> yep. So it's the, a thing. Some of the best tacos I've ever had. I mean, what, what was, uh, do you remember your first time? Like, how did you find out about them? I, you know, just asking around doing some research and I was like, gas station tacos you know and at first you're like a little sketched out and you know then you have it and then you're like wow okay this is (laughs) a really cheap b really good like yeah this is crazy it's a thing and then i start seeing gas station tacos is a thing but it's crazy speaking of tacos like you know until i moved here i didn't realize uh how many different versions of tacos like it goes from breakfast tacos to california tacos to fancy tacos to street tacos to like i mean it's crazy, you know, the amount of different tacos that there are. Oh, yeah. And just, I mean, obviously, when it comes to the tortillas and soft versus hard, I mean, I feel like hard, I, I rarely, at an authentic place, I rarely see a hard shell taco. Yeah, you don't really see that out here. <laughs> if, if you walk into a, a, a taqueria and, and they tell you that they're authentic and they have hard shells, I mean, I don't know if I would trust it, but... uh you know, they have those new uh tacos. I don't know if you've seen those. No. It's like a, a craze over here right now. Um, but it's, uh, you've probably seen it on uh, videos of it online, but it's like this taco uh, shell that they actually fry on the grill. But mm-hmm. before they fry it, they dip it in a, they call it a, cons- a consomme, which is like a broth that they make. Yeah, yeah. They, they dip it in there, then they fry it on the grill. They put cheese in it. And then, Ooh. you know, uh, like a, uh, like a shredded beef, yeah. um, in there that was actually like a carnita or in the, well, the beef is actually, uh, coming out of that broth oh, as wow. well. So, uh, yeah, it's very juicy if they do it right, but definitely look it up. Bija tacos is a new craze out here. Um, I know California has been doing it for a while from, you know, from what I've heard, but um, I feel like I every- might've seen it. Maybe I just don't recognize it by name. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal, but that's on the crispier side um, because of that process, and those are acceptable on a crispy taco for me. <laughs> and just even, I mean, the the 
I mean, there was that first night, like I said, that you picked us up from the airport. We got gas station tacos. You dropped us off at our Airbnb. And then I think the next day, what, we kicked it off with the uh, Pecan Lodge. Oh, yeah. The big old beef rib. <laughs> yep. One and a half pounds of yeah. juiciness. And then what was the one? There's, there's something else there that it was just like a huge, was it something? Oh, it's something with the potato, right? It's the... I forgot what they the call big, the, it. The loaded, uh, it a, the loaded, sweet a loaded, potato? a brisket loaded uh, sweet potato. Yeah. But I mean, you're talking a massive sweet potato loaded with a ton of, you know, barbecue in it, which is amazing. Yeah, that's definitely a place, Pecan Lodge, that you know, like when when they say like, oh, everything's bigger in Texas. It's like <laughs> they're not joking around yeah. there. And just, I, I mean, think it's the hot mess. It's called the. Hot oh mess. yeah, that is yeah. That's uh, lands right 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 there with me. I get it. And, and just after that, I mean, going to every, I think we went to nine breweries that day. Dan passed out at your apartment at one point, we got him back (laughs) up. Uh, and then we end, I correct me if I'm wrong. Did we end the night at that, at that other, uh, um, like Tex-Mex place that the owner ended up showing up the place with the black margaritas. Oh yeah. That's, uh, that's La Ventana. La Ventana, um, that is another uh, like street taco kind of place. Yeah, yeah. yeah we ordered yeah, we a did. bunch of food there, and then we're about to leave, and then the owner, like we didn't, I didn't know it was the owner, and I think I kind of like yelled at him because he kind of we were in where he usually parks, and he came speeding in, and he just starts talking with us, and then the black margaritas are what like something that only happens certain days of the week. And yeah, on like Saturdays and I think Sundays as well is the only time they do it. And only at that location, you know, they have several locations around Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was a Thursday, I want to say. And he was just like, you guys want some black margaritas? And he goes inside, he's like, get my friends some black margaritas. <laughs> yep, yep. Amazing. Awesome. That was just such an awesome time. And then I know you were tempted to come down to Austin with us. Oh, yeah. We were renting the Camaro the next day and driving down. That's like a three hour drive. And that was fun. But um, everyone else, because then there were, I think, like four other guys, five guys that met us in Austin. And we were already so like, burnt out just from those, that like hot flash of 36 hours in Dallas with you. <laughs> and Brian's like, yep, that's hanging out with my cousin. <laughs> there's like, yeah. I feel like there's something of folklore with you in, in the sphere of your family. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I just like to entertain and, you know, show people around and show people places that I find. I mean, even with like customers that I've met through my pop up that we are now friends, like they always look at me as the as the guide as like, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, next, you know, what what place should I go to for this and that, you know, but I enjoy it. You know, like I said, I have that Google Maps full of pins of, you know, all categorized with coffee shops pizza, beer, wine, you know, whatever it is, yeah. you know, barbecue, tacos, fried chicken, you know, it's all, it's all pinned there. I'm, I'm the same way, man. Like I, nothing brings me more pride than like recommending. And I know, I, I know it's going to be a good spot. And there's also, I have some friends that like, I know not to maybe recommend them a certain place. Cause I know what they're into or, or first I'll even say like, Oh, what are you looking for? Like, like, if they were going to Dallas, like I, I mean, I would just always probably, I would always recommend and like ask like you, if you're doing a certain pop-up or whatever, but I would see what kind of food they're into. And if they want quick bites or if they want a sit down meal or, you know, just like what kind of time they're looking for. But I mean, in the end of the day, most of my travels are about food and drink. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm the same way, man. I I just find enjoyment in it. (laughs) (laughs) So, when did you have like the aha moment, you know, you're craving Dominican food, you're down there, there's no Dominican food. So you're cooking it for yourself. You're asking your mom for the recipes. But when did you kind of go like, maybe I should turn this into something? Yeah. So all that, uh, that was like year one, right? The experimenting, asking my mom, you know, cooking for myself. Yeah. And how long have you been down there now? It's a little over four years now. Okay. So yeah. So like year two, um, was when I was like, damn, there's still no Dominican food out here. I'm going to have to, you know, I want to do something about this, but I have no clue what I'm doing. Right. So 
I keep trying now. I'm like experimenting with friends that I've met, you know, now I'm a year in, I've meeting people and, uh, you know, having them try it. I'm like, here's some empanadas, you know, it all started with empanadas. You know, I thought I was going to do an empanada thing, not just a Dominican street food thing. Yeah. So I started making empanadas for everyone, you know, with our spices and our seasonings and everyone's like, oh my God, this is so good. Because when I moved here too, uh, you know, one of the things I didn't, I noticed was there weren't many empanada places either. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just Dominican food. And even if there was empanada places, it wasn't a Dominican empanada, which is, you know, it's definitely different. You know, the, the way the dough is on the outside and, you know, the seasonings on the meats on the inside or whatever is inside of it. Yeah. But, but yeah, just had them try it. You know, everybody liked it. You know, anytime there was a party, I would make it and bring it and have everyone <laughs> test it out and be like, and I kept just saying, like, I, look, I think I want to do this eventually. What do you guys think? And everyone kept saying, like, you got something. So that gave me some confidence. Um, year three came around and I'm like, still no Dominican food. All right. I really need to do something. So on year three, I was now like, I want to do it. I'm writing all the pieces to the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like, I just all of a sudden, like, I get scared and I'm like, Cause I realized how Dallas is like a big food city. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of amazing chefs here, a lot of amazing restaurants. Um, so I was like, there's no way I'll survive a, nobody probably knows what any of this stuff is B, you know, I, I, I'm not a chef. And that's where that hashtag came from. You know, and I was like, I don't want to get criticized, you know, zero article, false advertising. <laughs> yeah. One article, one, you know, one comment, you know, could, really just ruin it right away right so you know i started doubting myself there and then 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 uh you know time went by i started cooking again with my friends i started diving into the street food um and having my friends try that stuff you know and uh you know then the pandemic came right yeah uh, and then uh my solar business and everything kind of like slowed down heavily um, I'm sitting at home, you know, Jen went to New York, um, she had to go out there and I was here alone and I'm like, damn, I got nothing to do. Let me just finish the pieces to this puzzle here. You know, I'm noticing a lot of pop-ups are showing up, yeah. you know, going to breweries, um, and then started making a logo. I made a website, um, did the Instagram, started doing a little bit of promo. And then I was like, how do I start? So I just started with uh, a Tres Leches cupcakes <laughs> and, you know, that's something everybody would attach to. I'm like, let me do some promo this way. So the Tres Leches cupcakes was an instant hit. I mean, three Hot days, I was like yeah. mind blown as uh, the response that we got and everyone ordering. And I was like a madman making these cupcakes because I didn't know what to expect. And I just kept getting orders and I'm like, holy crap. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'll deliver it to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, follow us. And I was driving all over Dallas for these three days while Jen's in New York. When she came back, I'm like, uh, we, I uh, started, uh, the restaurant. What you uh, yeah, here it is. It's because I've been selling cupcakes like crazy. And it just cooking started. it all and, out of your kitchen. Yeah. The cupcakes we were doing straight out of the kitchen. Yep. Yeah. And how, how many, like, uh, how many were you selling like a day? How many were you making? We were doing six yeah. packs, man. Um, so anybody was buying, was buying six packs at that point. Okay. And I mean, I don't even remember because like, I was just like in the zone, like I couldn't believe what was happening, but it was, it was overwhelming. It was a lot, you know, a lot to the point where I was busy those three days, like nonstop, you know, and everybody was thanking us and saying how great those were. And that's where it all started. I mean, and then, you know, from there, I just started doing the cupcakes and doing cupcakes and building the brand. And then, uh, reached out to all the breweries that had previously made connections with, um, you know, through the years saying, Hey, I'm going to do this eventually. Remember me. Okay. So you were, you were not only just going to these breweries because that's what I was going to say earlier on when you're saying like, you know, you look at your map and you just have all these breweries saved. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. Cause you are, you're making these connections. I mean, I definitely through breweries that I've gone to in the area, like once we can get back to normal, I want to start doing, uh, more i did one live podcast event and it was for actually brian's 100th episode for high school slumber party and he wanted to do it at a brewery yonkers brewery and um i think he he kind of was like 
knew that uh, they they would be more willing to have podcasts if also there was the food podcast there. And I talked yeah. with the owner, and it was a great time. And I uh, just have to just you know so thankful that Brian got me to do that because it was such a fun time. And then that was like a week before everything shut down. And I, I just want to do more live podcast events. So yeah, you're just, you, you were going to these breweries and you were saying to them like, Oh, you know, like there's no Dominican food and I want to start a Dominican like street food company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so, you know, throughout, throughout, I guess the previous year, right before we started, you know, I was trying to make those connections mm-hmm. and letting them know. And they'd be like, yeah, just let us know. I'd get a business card. I saved all the business cards. And, you know, obviously I'd loved going to these breweries in general. So I was, you know, networking and going to enjoy their great beers. But, but yeah, I saved those business cards. And then I just started blasting emails like, hey, check us out. You know, we're, we're, we're starting. Yeah. Give us a shot. And everybody, you know, accepted us with, you know, wide open arms and, you know, uh, you know, when we launched in at the end of April, it was insane. You know, our first pop up, I didn't even know what to expect. So it was just me and one other person mm-hmm. and I show up and uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we have like an hour to set up and there's already a line outside <laughs> waiting for our food. And the brewery's like, um, these people are waiting for your food. I'm like, wow. are you kidding me? And they're like, no, I'm like, crap. So now I'm nervous, right? First yeah, that, event, that's got to be intimidating, man. <laughs> All of a sudden, I call another friend. I was like, dude, I need you to get down here right now. <laughs> like, now. I was like, what? Let's just get here. I need you here right now. And he just rushes over. We're setting up our first time setting up tents and equipment. And we didn't know where to put what and what order would be better, you know, like to, you know, for process or anything like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was insane. Then the line, by the time we finally had everything fired up and ready to go and take the first order, was now around the building. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, crazy. Um, and, you know, from there, we did multiple pop-ups after that. And the line just kept growing and growing. Our following kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, on Instagram, people kept finding out word of mouth. And, you know, now foodies, foodies are... Uh, you know, tagging us and writing about us and posting pictures and the whole thing, man, it just happened so fast. Yeah. Um, and, and we just literally blew up. That's awesome. That's, I mean, just an accomplishment in its own at any time, but to do this during the pandemic, I mean, that's just absolutely awesome. I mean, you know, pop, pop-ups are, I, I, I I don't want to use the word fad. They've just become more part of our culture. And I think especially with, uh, with all the breweries, all craft breweries out there, whether they serve food or they don't, I think that they like having, you know, events and just changing it up and getting a new, maybe some new customers coming in, people that might not have tried craft beer before, but they're coming there for your food. So that's just, that's just awesome, man. Really. Congratulations. Yeah, man, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, one hand washes the other, you know, in, in this pop-up brewery kind of relationship, right? Because, you know, we're bringing food where they don't have food and they're providing beer, you know, for my customers. Yeah, and, you know, where we obviously can't sell beer, wine, or liquor. Yeah. Um, and they're also giving me a place, you know, to set up, you know, and which is awesome. So um, the wonderful thing about it is, you know, obviously with everything going on, you know, some of the laws have, literally said like if you don't have food at your establishment as a bar or brewery you can't be open so we've also been able to help these breweries out by showing up and bringing you know our customers um there who are spending money on their beers and you know i love when i hear um the breweries you know they're like hey look um this is the best sunday we've had in a while you've doubled our uh you know our beer sales every time you come wow and you know i hear that the majority of the time you know with the breweries that are willing to share you know their numbers and tell me you know what we did for them so you know that's exciting in itself you know besides you know just me doing this pop-up you know just hearing that and knowing that we're helping the the brewery community out here is amazing yeah i mean that's what up up in uh, new york you know the 
during pandemic, you got the Cuomo chips going on because they needed to start selling some kind of food uh, for them to serve their beer and everything like that. So much better than some just a bag of chips. You know, if you got some good Tres Leches cupcakes and, uh, and you know empanadas and I mean, how many things do you have on your menu now? You've got that. I got to try that burger sometime. And I think we've done I We've got over like 10 things, you know, but, you know, the way we do it is we, we do a rotating menu at every at every event. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always have like one main street food dish and then two or three different sides, always, you know, a dessert. And then, you know, when we when we can get them in, when they get in, we bring the Dominican sodas that, you know, get shipped in as well. But, yeah, it's always, you know, that's typically the menu like that. But, yeah, it's got to be over 10 different uh dishes that we have you know pretty much sold out there um and you've even started blending recipes and cultures right because you you with like your dominican and, and uh mexican dishes yeah i mean you know so obviously as you mentioned earlier a lot of the food out here is you know mexican um and you know i figured if tacos are a big thing you know what can i do so uh i started making tacos you know with dominican seasonings and spices you know our meats and stuff like that mm-hmm. but i also you know made a plantain dough that i turned into tortillas so soft tortillas so oh, that sounds so good <laughs> and the pictures. You know, and uh. yeah people I, at first people were a little you know they're like plantain tortillas i'm like you got to try it it's it's good and it's it's really 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 good man the soft plantain tortilla shell is mm-hmm. is amazing man i i i can't wait till i can start well till we can all start traveling again because i i've said it to danielle because i i yeah she she hasn't she's been to texas but she hasn't been to dallas and i'm like we gotta get down there and for you know for the food scene to see you i want to go to one of your pop-ups i want to go all those breweries i, I want to do host a live event down there Maybe we, yeah. we can maybe we can collaborate on something like that. Foodie Films does Dallas. <laughs> yeah, we can make it work. That'd be awesome. Well, uh, it wouldn't be Foodie Films if we didn't talk a little film. And I know, self-admittingly, you're not uh, a big, not even big, not really a, a movie person. Don't really watch a lot of movies. Yeah, I watch movies here and there. You know, like at. at- if something new comes out at the movie theater, I'll watch it. Uh-huh. That's probably the only time I'll watch it ever again. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, and I'm not good at like the act, knowing actors' names and you know scenes and things like that. Right? But it, but yeah, it's all good with episodes like this. You know that I dubbed first cut where I talk with people that work in the industry. I mean, it's heavy on the food, but I like to throw a little 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 food scene in there still and and highlight a movie that might not be food centric but still has a you know a memorable food scene and a while ago when i was first talking about you know having you on uh you you mentioned a a bronx tale as as a film that you know you had seen a while ago and looking it up and even brian brian sent it to me there's that steak scene so you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna play the clip right now and then we'll talk about it I'm not in the mood for steak. Oh, you're not in the mood for steak? Huh? You know how many times I have to drive that bus back and forth each day so this family can eat steak once a week? Seven. Who told you that? Nobody, I can't. Closure, your father wants to talk to you. About what, Dad? Your mother told me she caught you by the bar today. I was by the bar. Tell your father the truth. I was by the bar. So then why'd you lie? I took a shot. You want to do something here? What am I going to say? Took a shot. Nice try, son. Thanks, Dad. Lorenzo, come on, please. How am I going to keep him away from the bar? It's like two doors away from the building. Daddy's right. You should listen to him. And you should shut up, because nobody's talking to you. Give me a plate. I want you to listen to me. Hey, do not go near the bar. Stay on the stoop, but keep away from the bar. When you're older, you'll understand why. Yes. You don't see me go near that bar, do you? Mommy won't let you go there either. What am I going to do with this kid? Hey, I don't know. I got a whole day. I'm just kidding. I won't go near the bar. Look what I got. Two tickets, Yankee Stadium, center field. Behind the mic? Right behind number seven. Now eat your steak. Yeah. So this is a movie that's uh, 
starring Robert De Niro. It is directed by Robert De Niro. It's got Chaz Palminteri in it. And I just love this scene because, I mean, the kid, he's a he's a solid child actor. And it's just, it's a, it's a funny scene. And it's also cool to kind of see Robert De Niro in like a gangster movie as a good guy. <laughs> yeah, that's it was definitely a funny scene. But just this scene, I mean... I love how it just starts with him saying like, I'm not in the mood for steak. Number one. I mean, just like what a privilege, <laughs> right? Like who's not in the mood for steak. Exactly. But I mean, it just makes me think of like just growing up. And I mean, were you ever, it's, you know, it sounds like you've got some fantastic cooks in your family, but do you ever remember not being excited for a certain dish or just like, you know, like as far as anything that was ever being cooked? Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, when you, when you don't realize um, how lucky you are, you know, you take things for granted. So yeah, there'd be times where I'm like, I don't want this again. You know, we had this already, you know, and obviously phenomenal and great. And I would die for it today. Right. If my mom was here cooking it, but you know, when you're a kid, you don't really think about that. Right. Yeah. So it's probably the same thing like him, you know, it's like, I always have steak. I don't want steak. <laughs> yeah. And just like the lessons that are being taught in this scene with, you know, they've got a, there's a bar right next to their apartment and there, and he's just De Niro telling his son, like, you can hang out on the stoop, but don't go to the bar because they just want to, they want him to avoid that gangster life because De Niro is the, uh, you know, bus driver making, making an honest living in a neighborhood where he's tempted and being asked to, you know, do stuff for this mob. So it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty good scene. And just the, the way he pulls out the tickets at the end. Just... Yeah, then, then he wants to stay, huh? Exactly. I don't know. I mean, you're you're a diehard Mets fan, but you know, back then, I mean, like the kids saying, "Behind number seven, behind Mantle, behind Mickey," you know, that's just. Yep. Yeah, those Yankees tickets wouldn't do anything for me if I didn't want to stay. I still wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, last but not least, we got a little speed round called Gut Instinct. So it's just uh, some questions that whatever comes to your mind first. Favorite fast food. Mm. Nothing, man. That I don't even know. I don't. I haven't had fast food in so long. Gas station tacos, Fuel City, Fuel City. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> go to alcoholic beverage. I'm into mixology, uh, so whatever <laughs> mixologist makes me. Yeah, I mean, are you like a vodka, rum, bourbon, tequila? So realistically, diving into the mixology uh, thing, you know, I've, I've. So, you know, a lot of different kinds of alcohols have really attracted me. And it's just, like I said, I like going to a lot of like speakeasies and mixologist places and they just make me whatever. And I've tried things that I would never try on my own. That's awesome. Um, Favorite childhood snack? Dunkaroos. Nice. Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. I'm a chocolate guy. Everyone's always vanilla. (laughs) Sweet or savory? Savory. Favorite food city? I'm going to have to go with Dallas. Oh, I mean, it's not, so it's not your hometown. So I'll let that one slide and you're, and you're, and you're adding to the Dallas food scene. So there you go. I, I'll, I'll let that pass. <laughs> Favorite cuisine. Uh, most flavorful thing. I would say Thai food. I love Thai food. I don't know why. So good. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, the spiciness and the flavors and everything combined. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. And you know, uh, Brian and I's friend Dow and he's, you know, half Thai and he might, I mean, with the pandemic and everything going on, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I know he and Agatha are thinking of doing a destination wedding in maybe Thailand. And I'm just, Ooh. I can't wait to get back because that was one of my best trips I ever took. And like I said, the, the food there, the street food game is amazing. So that should be cool. Guilty pleasure food. What food are you, should you not be having, but you're overindulging in maybe? I'm going to go with barbecue. <laughs> the, the temptation is real in dallas so yeah i mean you know that's one of those foods where like you keep eating it and eating it and after that you're like damn i shouldn't have ate that much and you just ruined the rest of your day but you had a great time while you were eating it and you just you swell up <laughs> yep get the meat sweats get the meat sweats <laughs> in one of those hot messes yeah <laughs> favorite condiment spicy ketchup spicy ketchup all right you, do you make any, I mean, you, you make, you make some of your own condiments for Pika Dada, right? Yeah. I make my own sauces. Uh, everything I make, we do from scratch. So, oh, awesome. I mean, 
Yeah, I do a Dominican secret sauce, which is just a ketchup mayo base, but I obviously added my own uh, uh, several touches to it. And being that we are in Dallas, I took that sauce and made it spicy mm-hmm. um, as well, um, which is not a typical Dominican thing, but you know, people love that. Yeah, uh, that combination. So people need spice up their lives. Yep. What's the last thing you ate? Italian food. Italian food. Is there good Italian in Dallas? <laughs> There's this place that kind of like a hole in a wall, BYOB Italian place. Uh-huh. You know, the owner barely speaks English, gives you an attitude when you walk in. But the food is phenomenal. It's cheap. And it's it's just really, really good. And, you know, it's probably one of the best pasta dishes that I've had out here without having to go to like a extremely fancy place, which doesn't really mean anything with Italian food out here. Yeah. But uh, supposedly we're getting uh, Carbone from New York City um, is opening up out here uh, very, very soon. Nice. Uh, first first quarter. Awesome. Uh, 2021. So I'm excited for that. I always like finding hole in the wall Italian places. And, you know, I mean, obviously where, where you grew up, where I grew up, there's just so many Italian places. But then like even when you head upstate, like when I go upstate with Brian and Nicole, uh, you know, three hours away and you find the one Italian place. And it's like, you, you just have a feeling like, I feel like this is a guy that's like, uh, you know, in uh protective custody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And opened up an Italian place. Could be. What would be your last meal? Being that I'm in Dallas, um, I would kill for a good pizza, like good <laughs> New York pizza. Yeah. You know, it's we're definitely missing that out here. I mean, obviously, there's different, you know, there's good pizza out here, but not that New York pizza. You know, you got your Neapolitan style and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but, you know, brick oven style. But I, I would say a good damn slice from New York. It's it's all about that water, that New York upstate water. Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's what they say. And the humidity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that too. Cooking for yourself or going out for a meal? What do you prefer? Uh, I go out a lot yeah. for my meals. Um you know, with, with the pop-ups and everything, me constantly cooking and prepping and all that stuff, you know, I'm like, once the event's done, you know, I'm like, I'm going out, I'm <laughs> going to eat something else. Cause you know, I'm eating, I'm eating some of it while I'm testing it, you know, during the event, mm-hmm. you know, so then obviously I'm, you know, my thing is to go out and try something new all the time. What would be your spirit food? What food best embodies you and your personality man that's a tough question <laughs> is it something maybe you make for picadera or uh man i don't know how to answer that one <laughs> i feel like it has to be something on the like let's just think you're on the go you're doing a lot you like hosting just trying to think of what fits into that those that i mean for hosting and you know me being me and i guess you know, one of the things that I've really got attached uh, to doing is is representing, uh, you know, my Dominican empanadas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So empanadas, a true Dominican empanada. There we go. Let's go. In in <laughs> in these rare cases that you're going to the movies, what kind of snack are you gonna have? Snack, uh, popcorn, obviously. Popcorn? Yeah. Butter, a lot of butter. <laughs> and last but not least, a great lesson you've learned when it comes to food could be something from your childhood. Obviously, it could be something with your business, just a, a great lesson you've learned. Be careful how much salt you use. <laughs> you can always <laughs> add salt, but you can't take it away, right? Correct. I learned that one yeah, a lot. Learned that the hard way? Yeah. Hopefully. And, you know, through through the testing, right? Yeah, through, yeah, Through yeah. my friends. Before we uh, did the whole pop-up thing, uh, you know, <laughs> testing, you know, sometimes it didn't have enough salt. Sometimes it had too much, so. But definitely learned it. Add later if you need it. (laughs) It's a good lesson. It's a good lesson. Well, Michael, I can't thank you enough for coming on Foodie Films. Please right now tell the foodies where they can reach you, you know, on Instagram and all that good stuff. Yep. So we're uh, Picadera DFW. Uh, Our Instagram is at Picadera, P-I-C-A-D-E-R-A underscore DFW. Uh, We also have a website. Uh, com. Find us at all your local breweries, cideries, and distilleries around Dallas. <laughs> One thing, actually, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this. 
are you are you i mean it's still early on we're in the midst of a pandemic but are are the gears turning as far as a brick and mortar or you just you're you're all about that pop-up lifestyle i like the pop-up i don't think we'll ever stop doing the pop-up um but we definitely need a spot right um i mean the vision is to have multiple locations out here yeah i feel like i'm in a position where we can make this a thing um you know and have them spread out in you know different locations where people uh can all enjoy it um you know and not have to drive 30 40 minutes yeah. every time so pop-ups you know will serve as a like a promo for wherever the restaurant uh ends up being um but yeah we're looking for a cool funky uh spot um we are currently looking you know we're not rushing it into anything but we are definitely keeping our eyes out and touring places awesome man well you know i wish you nothing but the best i can't wait to come down and visit you and have some of your food and just uh have a hot flash again of what dallas is (laughs) hell yeah there's a lot more to do Well, last but not least, we have a little catchphrase to end every episode. It's there's more to cut. If you wouldn't mind telling the foodies out there that there's more to cut. There's more to cut. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing.